You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. says, I am the resurrection and the life. And I see two things that are truly important in here. First of all, he said, he is the resurrection. There is no resurrection without him. There's no resurrection without believing in Jesus Christ. There is no resurrection. We read earlier that God had given him the authority to raise the dead. The second one, he said, I am the life. There's no life outside of Jesus. Almost every single religion in the world has some form of belief regarding an afterlife, reincarnation, or otherwise. However, what makes Christianity unique is that Jesus himself is the source of resurrection and life. In today's message, Pastor Dave reflects on what Jesus means when he says he is the resurrection. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 11 as he continues his message. Do you believe this? need to know that whatever Jesus asks of God, God will freely give him. In fact, Jesus takes one thing further and says, whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, do you believe in the even now? I love that, even now. Do you believe in the even now? Now, you might be confused by my statement, but let me say this. It looks pretty grim, your life, but even now, I trust in Jesus. Everything around me is falling apart, Lord, but even now, I trust in you. You believe in the even now? And for Martha, this is a tremendous statement of faith. But I don't think she was anticipating that Jesus would raise her brother. I don't think she's anticipating that. Why? Because when we get to verse 39, and Jesus says, take away the stone, she goes, oh, he stinks. Don't do it. So I don't think she's anticipating a resurrection here. But listen to the way Jesus responds to Martha in 23 and 24. Let's read them both. We have a little correspondence here. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. Martha responds by saying, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus promises Martha that Lazarus will rise again. But Martha is looking for the future. Martha is looking into the future and displays of faith in the future resurrection in the last day. She knows the scriptures. She believes the scripture. She believes in the resurrection. Notice one thing. Jesus did not deny what Martha said about the future resurrection. See, this is a cardinal doctrine of the Orthodox Jewish faith the resurrection on the last day. It's all through the Old Testament. However, it's hidden. It's cloaked in the Old Testament. You have to read and try to understand. It's there, but you really have to take it out. But this isn't what Jesus is speaking about. Jesus is speaking about now. He's speaking about now. Immediate, right now. And in the next statement that Jesus makes, 
It's a profound statement that only the Son of God can make. It is a profound statement. Jesus will completely transform this doctrine of resurrection. He will completely transform it, and by doing so, he not only comforts Martha's heart, but he watches her faith soar. Comforts her heart. Look at verse 25. To me, it's one of the most important verses in the entire Bible. It's one of the most important verses in the entire Bible. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Look at 26a. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. This is powerful. This is powerful stuff. Now, we've been studying in the Gospel of John, and he's been giving us I am statements all along. This is the fifth one. This is the fifth I am statement. I am the resurrection and the life. And with this statement, Jesus takes the doctrine of resurrection out of the shadows of the Old Testament, and he brings it into his marvelous light. The Old Testament had some clarity issues, like I said. It was kind of in the shadow. It was kind of cloaked between words. But Jesus teaches that there is a resurrection of the human body. He declared that once and of all that death is real, and he also declared that there is life after death, and that the body will be raised by the power of God. Jesus takes this doctrine, he takes it out of the scrolls, out of the books, he takes it out of the parchments, and he puts it onto a person himself. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And I see two things that are extremely important in here. First of all, he said, he is the resurrection. There is no resurrection without him. There is no resurrection without believing in Jesus Christ. There is no resurrection. We read earlier that God had given him the authority to raise the dead. The second one, he said, I am the life. There is no life outside of Jesus. There is no life outside Jesus. So Jesus takes his doctrine of resurrection and he moves it from the future to the present. Martha was looking for the future, knowing that Lazarus would rise on the last day and that she would see him. And she was thankful for that. But Jesus takes it and points in here and said, if Jesus said, I am the resurrection. It's a present tense. Do you hear it? I am. It's present. Now, what's happening? He takes all of our attention and now places it on the present. What's happening now? I am the resurrection. Where Jesus is, there is life. Where Jesus is, there is resurrection. Where Jesus is, the power of God is available. Not in the future, right now. Right now. The second part of verse 25 got me through some difficult times as an early Christian. And I came to an understanding of it, and I want to share that with you. He said, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now, at the time I was reading this, I was reading an old King James, the original King James Version. And the original King James Version says it a tad 
differently, and I absolutely love what it says. I want to share that with you. In the original King James, it says this, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Did you hear the difference in the two verses? One says, though he may die, he shall live. The original King James says, though he were dead, yet he shall live. I love the wording here, though he were dead. And when I first read this, I got this stark revelation. This passage is talking about us. This passage is talking to us as born-again Christians. It's talking to us as born-again Christians because guess what? We were once dead in our trespasses. We were once dead in our sins. We were the original walking dead. We were the original dead and women walking. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. And I read this and I was extremely, but then you go over to this glorious verse in chapter 2 of Ephesians. In chapter 2 of Ephesians, Paul the Apostle says these very words. He says, and you, he, Jesus, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And ladies who went yesterday, what's to say in verse 4? But God, but God, everything turns around. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. We were dead. We were dead in our sins. The wages of sin is death. We were dead in our sins. Dead right there in our trespasses. We had no hope. We had no God. We had nothing. We were completely without Jesus. We didn't have the ordinances of Israel because we're not Israeli unless you were born a Jew. We didn't have those oracles. We were far, far from the promises. But God. God saw our need and answered that need with Jesus Christ. He answered that need with his son, Jesus Christ. So now I live. I am dead, but I am alive. And I'm living by faith. Which brings me to another Pauline scripture. Another one that I love so much. Another one that is extremely poignant in what it says. You can recite it by heart, probably. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're alive. God had a plan for victory over sin, but his plan was to put us to death. We had to die. We had to die with Christ. Why? Because a dead man is not tempted to sin. How has God done this? by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And when we believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, Scripture says we've been crucified with him. The old man has been put to death. The old man has died and the new man has arisen. If anyone be in Christ, behold, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. He is new. Paul said, I am crucified, but I live. 
Paul says, reckon yourselves dead to sin. And the word reckon is the word of faith. It's the position I take in faith. Why? Because I still have a strong urge to sin. I'm still tempted. But when I think of myself as being dead to sin, crucified to sin, I don't have to yield to that temptation because I belong to him. I'm not my own to do as I please. I can't be a cafeteria Christian and choose things I want to live by. I've got to live by what the word says, what it says, and I have to put that to practice. This is my life now. Paul says I'm dead, but I'm alive. Dead to sin, alive to Christ. I'm still living, yet I don't live for myself any longer. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in me. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. The sole purpose of my life is to glorify God. The sole purpose of my life is to glorify God, that others would see it and come to Jesus Christ. The problem with most Christians is that they're part-time Christians. We're cafeteria Christians. Oh, you come to church, you sit in the pew, you sing a few songs, you listen to the teaching barely, and you feel that you have fulfilled your spiritual obligation for the week. A few hours of the week, you belong to Jesus. The rest of the week, you do whatever you want, whatever you desire, say. Living for Jesus was never, to been, was never decided to be a part-time obligation. This is my life. I don't make believe on Sunday morning. This is who I am. I'm a new creation in Christ. I've been born again. I have a new being. The old has passed away, and I'm new. Everything I do is new. Child of God has renounced his own control over my life. I said, it's not my life, it's yours. Do with me what you will. I submit to him. He is the Lord of my life, and Lord means lordship. He is my Lord, my master, my owner. And then he says, but you can call me friend. Christ is my Lord, and if he is, I'm truly bound to him, to obey him, and to seek to please him. Jesus is my resurrection. Jesus is my life. Verse 26 says, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. When we live and we believe in Jesus Christ, we will not died. Indeed, we shall have life. Our life doesn't end. When our eyes close in this continuum and we open our eyes, we're looking and staring at Jesus Christ. This body, this tent may fade away. It may go by the wayside. But my spirit will never die. I will be with Christ forever. Then Jesus looks at Martha and he throws this huge challenge at her. And it's the challenge that I'm throwing out to you today. Four words that he challenges the world with. Four words that he challenges the world with. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? This is the question of the day. It's the question of the millennium. It's the question of the universe. It's a question that every single person in the entire world will have to answer at one time in one way. Do you believe this? It's a radical question because it follows a radical statement. And it demands an answer. And this statement and question divides men and women into two categories. That's four. Two categories. Those who believe those who don't believe, those who have a hope of eternal life, those that have no hope. On which side do you sit? On where are you in this massive 
cosmic thing. Where, where do you stand at this question is? Do you believe this? It's paramount that you make a decision. Not to decide is to decide. And Martha, now Martha is listening to all this. She's listening to Jesus' words. She's gleaning from it everything that she can possibly glean from it. She's hearing him intently, and she's like, wow. And she listens to him, and it makes sense to her. And all things, everything clicks in her mind, and the spirit goes, bam, wraps her right in the head. And she goes, wait a minute. Listen to her answer. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. This little Jewish girl, this little Jewish lady, says to him, Yashashua, Jesus, you are the Messiah, which is Christ in Greek. Yashashua, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. It was clear as a bell to her. It was as clear as a bell to her. She passed her faith test with flying colors. I believe in you, and I continue to believe in you. And I love the fact that she said this. I love the fact that she said this for Lazarus was raised from the dead. She said this just upon faith and faith alone. She didn't wait for Lazarus to be raised from the dead when she said that. Remember what Jesus is going to say to Thomas in chapter 20? You believe because you've seen, but blessed are they that don't see and still believe. This is Martha. She believed because of Jesus' words. She believed him for his word, and that is paramount. And I love the fact that it's almost what Peter said. It's almost Peter's great profession in, 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 in Caesarea. When he said, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. It's very close to the same profession. The Christ is simply Christos. It's the Greek word for Messiah, the anointed one. Son of God. This statement is the foundation of our faith. Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. It is a foundational statement to our faith. Believing that Jesus is the son of God. The one who came to earth as a man, the one who suffered and died on a cruel Roman cross, the one who took our sins upon himself, the one who became the perfect sacrifice to God, the one who was dead, the one who died on that cross that day, the one who was put into a tomb, and three days later, he rose from the dead. And then 50 days after that, he ascended into heaven. Actually, 40 days. He ascended into heaven. Now sits on the right hand of God the Father. It's essential that we believe this. So you are here. Are you believing that the Lord can but won't? We need to believe that not only can the, that the Lord can, but we need to believe that the Lord will. We need to believe that he is the resurrection and the life. We need to believe that he is life and life eternal, and in him is life and life eternal. He is not a part-time God. And our commitment to him is not a part-time commitment. It must be a full-time commitment. Well, I'm not ready to give him all of me. Well, then you're going to have some trouble. You're going to have some problems if you're not ready. He's always ready because he wants all of you. And why shouldn't you give all of you to him? Did he not give all of him to you? Why shouldn't you want everything he has? Why shouldn't you? 
You need to believe that he can help in your time of need. That he can comfort those who need comfort. That he can heal those who need healing. That he can strengthen those who need strengthened. That he can be a partner to the lonely. That he can do all the things that are promised in this book. In this book. You need to believe that. Don't be swayed by his delays. Don't be swayed by your disappointments. Don't be swayed by your afflictions or the things that are befallen you, your circumstances. Don't be swayed by those. Because all those circumstances come and go. Disappointments come and go. Problems come and go. All those things come and go. Jesus never changes. He is always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. But remember, Jesus lives in us in the now. Right now. Because right now is all we have. Right now. Five minutes ago, it's gone. We have no idea what's going to happen five minutes from now. We need if he came home, we all boom, got out of here, right? We don't know. But it's now that counts. He wants to strengthen your faith. Call upon Him and experience true life. Experience resurrected life. Experience the abundant life that we talked about a few weeks ago. Experience now in the present. Are you still walking around as a dead man or a dead woman? Are you still stuck in the mire of sin? Are you still stuck in your trespasses and you're looking for a way to get out and you feel like you're trapped in some sort of cage? Well, you are if you're still in your sins. You are trapped in a cage. You're chained. You're bound up. You're a slave to the sin that so easily ensnares you. You're a slave to that and you can't get out. Christ has broken the chains to free you. He has given you freedom. The Son sets you free. You are Remember that. Live that. It's not a catchphrase. It's just not something we say on the back of our T-shirts. It's not just a catchphrase. It's life, freedom, liberty, glorious life found only in Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus Christ. God wants to make you alive today. He wants you to have that life today. He wants to see you come into that life today. Waste not another moment. Let not another tick of the clock go by without coming into that life today. Please, please, I implore you as a pastor, as your friend, if you're struggling and you're a brother or sister in Christ, come back. It's still the same answer, Jesus Christ. It's still the same answer. Come back. Come. He awaits you. His arms are wide open. Has a smile on his face. And he's wishing you to come back. He's wishing you to come forward. You are The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.